How's everybody today? Uh, today is Wednesday, September 3rd, the day that we are recording um, this episode for you guys. We recently, uh, today actually, the, I guess, lack of indictments for the Breonna Taylor case came down. If you want to lay out what happened, idea, uh, just in case people don't know what's going on. Yes. So um, as many people may know and or may not know, Brianna Taylor is an EMT who um, was asleep in her home when police entered with a no not warrant. Um, her boyfriend, and they, they were looking for a person who Brianna Taylor was loosely affiliated with. I think it was, you know, somebody she was loosely affiliated with that was already in their custody. They came into her home with a no uh, not warrant, and her boyfriend sent off a warning shot because he thought he was having a home invasion. Um, as a result, they fired back, shooting multiple times and killing Brianna Taylor. Um, it took months and months for this case to, to get prosecuted. Um, and now today, on the day of prosecution, no one was charged with murder, and only the officer who hit the neighbor's house was charged with wanton endangerment for shooting blindly into a home. That, not the home of Breonna Taylor. Some of the, the biggest issues, right, with this is that it seems to people of color and to poor people and to trans people and to disabled people and people who are constantly killed um, by police that, like, it just feels that you matter less because the police can come into your home, shoot you, kill you, and then not get charged um, with a murder. And so the Defund the Police movement was an organic movement made by prison abolitionists and leftist organizers um, really calling for, this is they're calling for in uh, a policy. They're calling for local municipalities to reallocate the funding that they send, uh, that they spend on policing. Crime is historically down um, across the United States, lower than it's been in decades. If you ask people, they'll probably say that crime is up. Crime is actually way lower than it has uh, has been. And what they're saying is, um, people of color especially know. Intuitively, we know that because our communities have been historically divested in, we um, have to participate in criminalized activities to be able to, to live. And those are things, uh, right, that wouldn't happen if we had the kind of investment that suburban communities have. Even in Chester County, the median income here is $90,000, but in Coatesville, it's 30000 coincidentally, where all the people of color live. Um, Strategic divestment is nothing um, new or nothing unrecognizable. So what we're truly asking people of color, trans people, disabled people, all the people that find themselves in these communities of poverty, we're asking that our funds, our fund allocations look like those of our suburban uh, counterparts, right? We want economic development. We want community investment. We want our pool open. Or we want our community centers. We want anti-poverty initiatives and um, medical centers. We want to be able to do things that really fulfill us and not make us feel like, oh, we don't, we don't have a bus that goes to a college. And so 
we might not be able to get our degree if we can't afford a car we can't get a good job and now we're resorted to doing things that are criminalized like possibly selling drugs or doing uh, sex work or any of criminalized activity that may earn us police contact and so really the way to solve crime is to allocate funding into communities and this is the policy call that people are calling for when they say defund the police yeah it's and, and i think that it's uh because of the like the slogan is so easy to work the other way do you know what i mean to scare people with that I, that's why i say i hate that slogan i really do but the idea behind it like you laid it out it's like why are communities policed differently depending on the people who live there? Yeah, right? absolutely. And, and I thought uh, that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, really nailed it on the head when they're like, you know, what does defund the police look like? It looks like the suburbs. It looks right? like the suburbs. And it looks like the Downingtown Police Department. Um, you know, when I, I think that unfortunately we have these, these kind of, um, like stereotypes, right? We, we, we've allowed these, not just stereotypes on racial, but like community stereotypes, mm -hmm. right? I mean, like, I can't tell you how often people look at, you know, Coatesville versus Westchester. I mean, our poverty rates are pretty darn close. You know what I mean? Our crime rates are pretty darn close. Uh, mm -hmm. But the difference between Westchester and Coatesville is in Westchester, more people look like me and in Coatesville, more people look like you. Um, and that goes to your strategic divestment, right? Yeah, and wait, the, the thing that we're asking for is to not have strategic divestment, to have less of a system that doesn't seem to be working for us, that um, causes over surveillance for us, that could possibly be deadly for us, to have a little bit less of that and to have a little bit more of community investment. And then also the burden, um, is on us to work towards a world where we have just much less need for policing. We want to have a world where we are doing doing well, where we are healed, we have all of our needs met, and we don't even really need to be policed um, as much anymore. It looks like the suburbs and people get, you know, what do you want us to look like? The wild, wild west? Nope. We just want to look like, you know, Westchester. That's it. And, and in a way, you know, and I, I, I know there's that knee jerk reaction a lot of people have of like, oh my God, they're defunding the police. But in reality, what Nidea and I are saying actually makes police's job easier. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like if we get what we want, the police will be in less danger. They won't have to work as hard because they'll have support staff there to help them for mental health crises so that they don't have to mm -hmm. deal with that. I feel like a lot of police officers are very well intentioned. They're not trying to go out there and they don't have a chip on their shoulder. But if you put them in a situation that they don't need to be in and then they make a mistake, then they have to live with that forever too. I think, you know what I mean? Yeah, and also a mistake as a police officer and a mistake as a carpenter isn't the same kind of mistake. When like a human can be uh, killed, murdered because of your mistake, it's not the same mistake and they're like well doctors murder people all the time and you know and ENTs murder people all the time but they're held at a high standard of accountability doctors don't just murder people and doctor it tomorrow or go on a paid administrative leave yeah um, it's a lot of pain and trauma 
for a lot of people for for the system of policing and i think it's a lot to talk about and a lot to resolve but i don't know i just feel like sometimes people treat me like i'm like a gangbanger like i don't like slinging drugs so I don't like the, the cops and that's not the actual truth. The actual truth is the police um, have done harm to, to me and to my community and I have the tension there. And when people say, oh, well, the community needs to improve their relationships with the police. No, the police need to improve their relationships with the community by allocating their fundings into things that will better fund the community. That is, I think, where I am with it.